to the Winning Edge Talks podcast. I am your host Vishwanath. I am a mental conditioning coach and I attend to golfers and other athletes helping them to build a good mental game. I am the best-selling author of the book Success Mantra in Sports, a book dedicated to the mental aspects of sports. You can log on to my website www.winningedgeconsulting.in Having played cricket all my life, when I wanted to try golf, I thought it would be easy. But to my pleasant surprise, golf was a different ball game. Hard, complicated and unforgiving. Mastering golf is tough. Teaching golf is even tougher. Today, in this episode, I have with me my good friend, Mr. Tarun Sardesa, who has done both with ease. He was a professional golfer and now is a golf coach. He is the director of instruction at Tarun Sardesai Golf Academy within Zion Hills Golf County, Kola, Karnataka. He loves teaching golf. His teaching is backed by knowledge, experience and the science of golf. Zion Hills Golf County has world-class golfing structure and was awarded as the best new golf course in India by VCII. Mr. Tarun Sardesai has trained elite golfers from India like Viraj Madhapa, Sharmila Nikole and Aditi Ashok amongst others. He runs a junior golf development program to produce world-class golfers of the future. Mr. Sarun Sardesai has attained high levels of accreditation in golf coaching. Some of his certifications are NGAI Class 1 Golf Teaching Professional, TPI Level 1 Golf Fitness Instructor, TPI Level 2 Junior Golf Instructor, Harold Swash Level 1 Putting Instructor, AIM.111 Certified Instructor, Level 2 Dr. Kwon's Golf Mechanics Instructor Hack Training Program. One he is one amongst Indian Golf Union teaching staff. Oh, welcome to the talk show, Mr. Tarun. Uh, thanks, uh, Mr. Vishnath. Uh, nice to be here. I think it's quite a unique show and I'm really happy to be part of it. Oh, I'm very glad I'm talking to you this day. Great. Yes. I congratulate you on all your achievements, first as a professional golfer and now as a golf coach. Thank you. Thank you very much. Mr. Tarun, would you like to tell us about your journey as a professional golfer? Yeah, so I turned uh, professional in the year 1999. And I think in India at that point, the game of golf was... On the upswing, I was just riding the wave, I guess. Uh, professional golf was getting more importance in India. 
And uh, I played professionally for about uh, five years on the Indian circuit between 1999 and 2003. And it was That's around great. 2003 that I actually transitioned uh, into full-time coaching. Okay. Uh, if you were given another chance to go back to your younger days as a professional golfer, what changes would you make? Oh, I can think of plenty uh, right now. Um, you know, right from the fact that uh, those days, of course, we didn't have the right kind of knowledge uh, or the expertise, but I would have definitely thought about building a much stronger team around myself. Uh -huh. I didn't really think about fitness, uh, nutrition, uh, golf, technical coaching. I didn't give it that much importance at that time. And uh, uh -huh. I actually only met a proper uh, world-class technical coach, I think, four, three to four years into my golfing career. So definitely I would, um, going uh -huh. back, I would definitely look at investing in myself more, especially in terms of the team um, and the training. And uh, one of the most important things that I would do if I could go back was actually to understand or to have gone deeper into the understanding of my mind and what was actually holding me back as uh, a professional athlete. Uh, thank you. You have said you always had the love for teaching golf. At what stage you decided to switch over to golf teaching? I think it was the fourth year uh, of my, you know, professional golf career when I started dabbling in a bit of uh, teaching part-time. And at that time, I was also working with uh, my then guru, an Italian coach called uh, Donato Di Ponziano. And Donato used uh -huh. to come to India three to four times a year to train some of us golfers. And he actually looked at oh. me and said, you know, Tarun, you really have the potential to be a great coach. And I didn't fully understand wow. what he meant by that because I had gone to him actually to become a player and he was telling me that I could become a great coach. But I was still doing wow. it, uh, you know, part-time. I, uh, I was enjoying it. I was teaching a lot of younger golfers. I realized that I also had a good rapport with people. I was a good communicator. And um, so slowly, I think that built my... Um, my love for for teaching. I didn't stop playing in, entirely until 2000, I think middle of 2004, where oh. I decided that, you know, it's time for me to go full-time into teaching. But uh, because my coach, Donato, kept encouraging me, he said I was good. I thought, why not give it a shot? I did my certification in 2003 with Mr. Donato Ponziano, who actually did that certification course in India. And I oh. think from there, I never looked back. I just started coaching Great. at the Karnataka Golf Association and it was, it was wow. uh, you know, it was love from then. Wonderful. Maybe he saw a great uh, teacher in you. Maybe he did. You know, I think at that point, <laughs> uh, I didn't think of it myself, to be honest. I, I just, uh, you know, those days, of course, for me, and to be honest, we all started teaching. Or I started teaching because I realized that I wanted to be more financially independent. And if your sport wasn't paying your bills, you had to do something to earn some money. Yeah, true, uh, true. So that's why I actually moved into it. And then, uh, yes, definitely, uh, you know, uh, it became a love and a passion uh, from that day on. So many students are now ready. They say, no, when the student is ready, the teacher arrives. So Absolutely. great teacher, golf teachers arrive now. <laughs> Absolutely. I completely okay. agree with that. Uh, yeah, yeah. You said Indians have the right physique to succeed in golf. This is an interesting observation coming from an experienced uh, golfer. Could you elaborate more on this? Yeah, you know, over the last 20 years of my teaching career, um, I've uh, I've seen and I've, I've gotten to know a lot of different athletes in different sports. 
but one thing I'm pretty sure of is I don't personally I don't think uh, Indians can become great tennis players or footballers because you know these sports yeah, require a high speed of uh, you know a high level of endurance and speed and you know our physique is not really built for that. Exactly. We have a lot of youngsters today though you know who love football and they love tennis and they go all out on it but if you actually look at the record books and past history we've actually only succeeded in doubles in tennis because exactly. uh, you know that's where we have to cover less of the court and we really have not produced any international level footballers of so, course i know that uh, things are changing right now we have a lot of these young football clubs coming in uh, you know training young players and i think that i think you know with that some indians may make it but i think if you look at golf which combines explosive power and skill both attributes which indians can develop very easily uh you know wow. i think that's why golf is a sport for india i think golf is going to bring more international accolades for this uh, country than any other individual sport i feel even more than badminton uh, we already have a large number of players who are winning internationally on the asian circuit uh, some on the european circuit as well with shubhankar sharma winning twice already last year on the european yeah. circuit so yes i would say that uh, you know the golf um, is definitely on the up and up because our physique really suits this game quite a bit there's a huge encouragement to the upcoming uh, young golfers from india absolutely and i think that uh, you know uh, another good thing that's happening is parents are are more open now to kids taking up golf i think initially it was looked at as a very expensive sport but uh, you know it's only as expensive as you make it out to be and uh, you know you have kids now uh, at the age of 10 and 11 who are saying they want to become professional yeah. golfers without even a second thought and uh, the the great part is the parents are also encouraging that uh, so that's great mr tarun i having played a bit of golf myself i've come to realize that it's the most difficult game in the world in cricket even your mistimed edges can fly over the boundary for a slip six but in golf you always have to hit the ball straight Mark, what makes the game so intricate and complex? So, um, you know, in golf, actually, to be honest, you don't have to hit the ball straight all the time. Sometimes you've got to curve it left and right, and I think that's also what adds to the complexity of the sport. But uh, you know, I think what makes it complex is it's a very small ball uh, that has to be hit very accurately, and your club face that you have to play with is very, very small. You've got to hit large distances, uh, you know, and here. you know a mistimed shot could you know cause a ball to go almost 40 to 50 yards off target uh, the other thing mm-hmm. is that you know the muscular movements involved in in swinging a golf club uh, are are so much more than you know hitting a tennis ball or or or, or a cricket shot so exactly. i think this is what really makes this game really hard is that the margin for error in in, in golf is is very very small and is very minute and that is what's always oh. going to make this game tough funnily though exactly. you know i might talk about the the game being this tough it is actually this margin for error um, and the fact that golf is a game that you can never really master is what actually attracts most people to this sport and actually addicts them to this sport so uh, it's also one of the things that makes the sport very very unique and uh, makes people fall in love with this sport sure, very very sure, soon sure. the fact that i'm not i'm a poor golfer is because of that <laughs> yeah yeah i think we have uh, you know i i i picked up a golf club after a few months recently and you know sometimes it's it can be very embarrassing when you are playing with your students as well and you have no idea which way the ball is going so uh, but again uh, you know it's going good i read a quote that said ahead, on the golf course that said golf is a game you come back every day to embarrass yourself 
Absolutely. I completely agree with that because I think nothing in life has embarrassed me more than this sport. True, and I've been some really funny looking shots even while I was a professional. Yeah. Uh, but you know, you get used to it. And I think, uh, I think one thing that golf really taught me was how to drop my ego. And the funny thing is that has helped me in all aspects of my life yeah. as well. They say golf is a great so, leveler. Uh, leveler. It doesn't, doesn't see who you are, you know. Whether you are the CEO, CEO or you are the caddy of that academy. Absolutely. I completely agree because I've seen some of the top CEOs standing on the first tee box and they are so nervous <laughs> and their entire, their entire day is dependent on how they hit that first shot because so many people are watching them. That sets the momentum uh, they going. They don't want to yeah. get embarrassed. You know, and uh, you're talking about the CEO of a large company suddenly feeling like he's a nobody <laughs> after just the first shot of the day. Yes. You know, it's uh, it's fun to watch. So, you know, in golf, I also love to watch people. It's really nice to watch people and how they behave uh, when they hit a bad shot or a good shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really tells me a lot about uh, them as well. Uh, and the beauty is a yeah, great yeah. character builder. Exposed. Absolutely. They're, yes, so they're fast. completely exposed yeah. to the world. Yes, they're completely exposed. So I completely agree. And I think for... For kids to take up this game or youngsters to take up this game oh, is a great thing because it builds character so fast. Uh, you know, it's wonderful. And there's so much integrity involved here in the sport as well. So, it's uh, you know, I think it's definitely one of the best sports that's ever been invented, for sure. 100%, 100%. So, Mr. Start on angles, speeds, plane, momentum, balance, body mechanics, swing theorics. So many things makes golf very, very analytical and very conscious for the uh, player, for, especially for a beginner. Even with all this, Bob Rittala says, golf is not a game of perfect. So we golfers, you know, initial golfers, amateurs think, we, we need to play those shots perfectly. But he says, golf is not a game of perfect. You know, I, I love that book that he's written and I read that book. And that book that Bob Rittala wrote was actually my Bible when I was playing uh, professional golf. I used to actually read one chapter every day. Because there's so much truth to that. And if you only could change your perspective on this sport, you'd play it so much better. But uh, that being said, you know, uh, I think beginner golfers should not really worry too much about any of these. And especially, you know, if they have a good instructor, mm -hmm. I'm sure that they will find a way to, mm -hmm. to get the players to learn the sport a different way and without having them worry about all these uh, technical aspects. Uh, you know, so um, mm -hmm. uh, I don't believe that 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 players, mm -hmm. or even as a mm -hmm. coach myself, I don't tell even some of my best players all the technical aspects mm -hmm. of what I'm thinking about mm -hmm. their swing, mm -hmm. because they still need to go out and play this mm -hmm. like a sport. So you know, if you mm -hmm. ask a if you ask a human being to throw a ball mm -hmm. right into a dustbin at the end of the room, he, he won't think about the angle mm -hmm. of his wrist or the mm -hmm. angle of his forearm mm -hmm. to the ground and how much he's releasing the wrist at the point of, uh, you know, uh, so uh, mm -hmm. we just, we just do it naturally. Yeah, he'll just do it naturally. And we have to actually, and what we do as coaches, mm -hmm. and I know that what I do, especially with the younger players, is to get them to use their natural ability more, you know. And uh, that being said, of course, we do have some very technical instructors, mm -hmm. uh, you know, unfortunately, who want to show the, uh, their clients that they know mm -hmm. all the technicalities of the sport. And in the end, mm -hmm. actually end up confusing them more. So, um, mm -hmm, while mm -hmm. golf is uh, a very analytical mm -hmm, sport, mm -hmm. it's pretty much how you, how you take it. Because ultimately, you just got to advance this ball from point A to point B. And you might not hit the best shots doing it. But, uh, you know, I think if you think well mm -hmm, and if you just, mm -hmm. uh, you know, get the job done without mm -hmm. landing the ball where you don't want to, but being okay with that and saying this is, this is mm -hmm. what the game is all about. You know, it's, it's about, you, you're not worrying about yeah. perfection and being mm -hmm. okay with imperfection. Mm -hmm. Because see, the only thing uh, consistent about golf 
is the inconsistency right so i'll repeat that the only thing consistent about golf is the inconsistency and you have to be okay with that anyway let's continue uh, i was coming to that uh, they say no you need to just swing without thinking okay actually at what stage when do you reach okay, that okay, stage perfect. you know uh, because uh, i was wondering myself and always thinking about some point that you that went wrong in the previous swing and we have to set right in the next swing and we are conscious of that some other thing goes wrong at what stage uh, a budding golfer gets to gets through with this mm. so that's a good question and i personally mm. don't think that mm. you can ever play golf without thinking because you know unlike tennis and cricket uh, golf is not a reactive mm. sport you know if you're playing tennis the ball is coming at you at a great speed you have a split second to think make your decision and hit the ball and most often that's very very reactive you know the same in cricket the thing yeah. about golf is after every shot you've got uh, a good 5 minutes to walk up to the ball you can think about mm-hmm. all the negative things that can happen in the next shot or all the negative things that happened in the previous mm-hmm. few shots uh, you know so this is where i feel uh, you know you've got okay. to work on the right kind of thinking Okay. so and that is also that, where your expertise lies uh, and uh, you know i'm sure you've had a lot of players you worked with who you've had to kind of change and condition them into the right kind of thinking so i don't believe that you should ever strive for uh, playing this sport especially without thinking i just think you should strive for playing golf thinking the right way on each shot thinking more positive uh, you know and having a, a system of thinking and help you focus more on the positive rather than the negative Uh, there is a routine uh, that they have introduced in golf where it's the, uh, the 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 your trial shot uh, which is your think box where you do all okay. the thinking and do the t- trial shots uh, thinking what went wrong and what you should do right and again do a trial shot having satisfied yourself then you go to the play box in the play box you don't think anything you just swing uh, do you think that right. works right absolutely so in, in uh, definitely uh, like i said not everything works for every player and i think every player uh, mm-hmm. needs to find his or her equation with their mind there are some players like for example mm-hmm. there was a player called nick faldo who was so technical as a player mm-hmm. that he had to have some sort of technical thought when he was playing and you know he won some major tournaments mm-hmm. and then you had a player like savi mm-hmm. balasteros mm-hmm. who basically yes he would just see the shot and he would let his mind react to that particular shot and the body would create the swing mm-hmm. to produce that shot yes. so uh, there okay. are different kinds of players mm-hmm. i think Mm. Yeah, each one has mm. their own way of of addressing it and and going yes. through their shots and playing the round of golf. And I think for most the most important part is for players to realize the which type of player part. they are. You know, you can't have a yeah, you can't have a right brain player playing mm. only with his left brain and mm. vice versa. You know, there has to be a, a, mm. an identification mm. of who you are as a person first, mm. what how you like mm. to play the game. And just because mm. your coach mm. told you you have to play it this way is not mm. necessarily the answer. a lot of yeah. uh, self discovery yes. has to happen mm. as a golfer mm. Mm. depends completely absolutely they need to be aware of themselves and say what they like unfortunately also mm. you know in our country because mm. there is this whole thing about the guru and mm. we'll do whatever the guru says no one questions the guru mm. sometimes it hurts the player not to question mm. the guru i love it when mm. my students come up and question me exactly. and say you know what tarun sir i don't agree with this mm. you know mm. it doesn't work mm. for me can we look at mm. something different mm. and i always mm. encourage my players True. to do that because that really helps me to help them even faster uh, how important is the training environment for a golfer and what is the right kind of training and practice a golfer needs to inculcate in, into his regime right so you know training environment if you talk about that that's that's a huge issue i would say today and in today's sport 
when we talk about environment today, if you look at a sport like golf, I know that a lot of the the kids who play golf come from, let's say, affluent backgrounds. Even though they're super talented, uh, you know, they are very, very comfortable in life. So, uh, you know, when they go into training also, and if you would go into, let's say, a, a regular golf club, uh, you know, I find that the driving ranges in regular golf clubs are basically places where a lot of socializing happens. So what happens here is that, that the, the training environment is not conducive to improvement. Right. Uh, so the, the players sure. also are not able to focus 100 percent. They're in a certain amount of, uh, you know, they're in a comfort zone and you can have players and we have it a lot happening today as well. The players are practicing seven, eight hours a day, but they don't improve because there's no real focus happening there. Because after every second or third shot, mm. exactly, exactly. Mm. not effective practice at all. So, you know, you have an environment. I think it's very important that your environment is filled with the people who mm -hmm. have similar ambitions to mm -hmm. you. If you are a club golfer, then practice with other club golfers is fine. But if you want to be a professional and you are practicing in a huge bunch mm -hmm. of club golfers, right? I don't think you are you are going to uh, you know achieve your goals too soon because you're going to get pulled into the same mindset mm -hmm. that the other mm -hmm. players are. Yes. So uh, for me, I'm a very I'm a very big proponent of quality practice. I'm a very big proponent of learning how to focus on the practice mm -hmm. stage first before you can even take it out mm -hmm. to the golf course. So you need that special space to do that. And that's why sometimes I feel, uh, you know, going out and practicing on your own or at a golf club that is very deserted and has no other players there is actually much more yes. beneficial for someone uh, rather than going into a huge social environment. Uh, isn't it important to learn the right technique initially? Because it may be difficult to unlearn the flaws at a later stage. We have to change the adage to... Perfect practice makes a man perfect now. Because what you learn right. initially, you can't unlearn after you're an adult. Right. I think it's very true. And that brings me to another very important point mm -hmm. is, and this is something especially to uh, the parents, uh, you know, and uh, to invest in good training, whether it be mind coaching, whether it be uh, golf training, whether it be physical fitness. I think the parents need to be open to investing a little bit more into their child's uh, training. So uh, definitely it's important to start with good instruction. If you're any player for that matter, whether it's a child or uh, an elderly person starts with better instruction, uh, you know, they are going to uh, improve much faster and also not st not probably stagnate as well. Uh, yeah. Definitely perfect practice definitely makes a man mm -hmm. perfect. I completely agree with that. It also comes down to the right coach. You should, you should somewhere I've read, you know, you should be lucky to find the right coach because no coach wants to teach anything wrong, but somehow whatever he has thought, maybe it was not well taken, it was not well executed, but somehow a lot of uh, flaws come into the golfer's um, uh, technique and maybe it will be too late later on to change it. So uh, you, what would you say on up to this? Is it just a hit and miss thing, just a trial or uh, how to identify who's the right person to teach you? That's, that's, a, that's a wonderful question. I think it's a wonderful question. I think for most parents, it's very difficult to figure that out because, you know, they would go by the coach's credentials or, uh, you know, the, he's the coach, he's the only coach available at this academy who's of a certain stature. But for me, I think it's very simple and I learned this very early in my career uh as a coach as well is that it's if you want to learn from someone and if you want your child or uh, somebody to learn the right way always look at the track record now let's say for example you want to become 
a top professional golfer you would want to find a coach who has trained many such top professional golfers who has trained many top juniors or national uh-huh. level golfers so that you get the right kind okay. of information if you're just going to be a club golfer you want to find a coach who has had a lot of success mm-hmm. training club golfers so as a parent my advice to all parents are whether it be choosing a fitness trainer or a psychologist or a golf coach you have to see where your child wants to go or where this you where you as a person want to go with your own golf and accordingly choose the instructor mm-hmm. so if you really want to go and become a professional someday find a coach who has a lot of experience training professionals is constantly churning mm-hmm. out a lot of mm-hmm. professional golfers or top notch uh, you know mm-hmm. amateur level golfers because that will probably yeah. be a better fit uh for your child yeah, or you for you you have to move on you know first initially you will uh, you find coaches has that help the junior golfers well as you go on you should find co- coaches who help professionals more so you need to change your coaches very yeah. very true very Even, true yeah mm-hmm. and you know on that subject i find a lot of parents in india have a big problem mm-hmm. moving on from a coach and you know the first thing that i would mm. always tell my players or my parents mm. is, is very simple if you mm. find your child mm. is stagnating mm. as a player when they are mm. coaching with me you mm. need to move on because you are the mm. one who is going to lose out mm. the problem today i find mm. is that parents and the players get mm. so attached to the coach that they are unable mm. to tell them that mm. you know i need to move on and mm. so what happens is careers mm. careers are lost because of this and mm. my advice is don't do that because you need to be open uh, and i don't think mm. the coach will take mm. it very personally uh, you know because they mm. have to understand that it's your career mm. at uh, which is at stake mm. so you know move on move mm. on to the next level when your mm. when your kid is ready or when you are ready and don't be afraid to do mm. that because ultimately mm. you're hurting yourself by staying mm. in the same place yeah you know you have got so much used to the person the comfort zone you don't want to change don't want to experiment get into a unknown territory exactly. maybe that kind of thing exactly Even, uh, exactly yeah 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 you know we talk about mm. the comfort zone you know everybody is mm. in their comfort zone they don't mm. want to get out of the comfort mm. zone but you can't expect mm. results mm. ever if you don't get out of your comfort mm. zone even uh, tiger woods changed his uh, long time coach uh, buchanan at one stage uh, because for reasons other than the yes, technique absolutely. Uh, maybe yes Yes yes. Yes, I think there was a personal yes, issue exactly. between uh, Buchanan and mm-hmm. Tiger Woods uh you know uh, which uh, which caused him to move on although you know I I I would have thought that someone who's as established as well established as Tiger would have thought a little better before doing that because his career did take a bit of a uh, mm. a nose dive when he did that. Yes because you know when you have had somebody you see where what's most important about golf coaching or coaching is the understanding the players have with their coach and if and if you're doing well with a coach mm-hmm. then i'd see no reason to actually move mm-hmm. on to be honest i i didn't understand exactly why tiger did what he did mm-hmm. i'm sure they could have had a more uh, amicable discussion and mm-hmm. continued on with that but hey sure. you know he's still the best player in the world at that point you know you can't tell them anything uh, you know he thought it was good for him at that time so so great we've had a lot of examples of this as well with lydia ko when ah, she uh, changed the coach a couple of years ago changed her caddy she's not been able mm-hmm. to win after that you know she she's nowhere mm. not for anyway you know for somebody who was world number mm. one exactly for somebody who was world number mm. one to suddenly yeah, move true. you know so these decisions also you Good know have, can, can go both ways uh, you know i would say if you're stagnating yes then you move on but if you're doing well find a way to make the relationship work it has to work uh, you know and because it's working for you that was the part a of my conversation with mr tarun sadesai part b will soon be yours